This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blazing Crypto Podcast. We are Justin and Brandon, and today we're back to talk about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Hopefully you remember what that was from episode one. Um, If that is a little bit blurry to you, or for some reason you started listening to this episode, uh, there is an episode one uh, previous to this where we dive into what NFTs are, um, what the the landscape looks like of the industry, um, and, and also... Um, big ideas to understand with NFTs. Really sort of a crash course. If you've never heard of them, don't understand them, that'll get you up and running. In today's episode, episode two, uh, we'll continue to focus on NFTs. We really want to dive into what are NFTs place within the crypto landscape? How should you understand them? If you want to invest, there are a few things we want you to know and and know full well uh, before you do that. Um, even though you know we are, we ourselves are investors, um, but really the big idea is Justin and I are really excited about the innovation and the possibilities where this space is going, and we're going to talk about where we um, where we see that happening. And then uh, at the end of this, we'll give you a resource if you want to dive further into uh, NFTs. There's a, a really good resource that um, Gary V and V Friends, which is one of his organizations, has provided. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. So, Justin, let's dive back into NFTs. Um, I've said before that um, you know if you were to ask, you know, what's the what's the craziest city in in the country? Uh, you know, how would you answer that? Detroit. I don't know. Baltimore. <laughs> okay, Detroit. <laughs> okay, Detroit and Baltimore are crazy in a different way than I was thinking. So uh, I'm Cleveland. glad we got off too. <laughs> Okay. Unfortunately, Cleveland Rocks is only a song. It's not actually a reality. But anyway, no, like the craziest city in the in the country, you know, largely people would consider it Las Vegas. Yep. But within Las Vegas, there are there are crazy parts of Las Vegas, right? And the point I'm trying to make there is, um, boy, you threw me a curveball there, Justin. I did not expect Sorry. you to come out with Detroit. That my, was good. My, that was good. My bad. <laughs> you keep me on my toes. The point is. Like crypto is a, a, it has a space from an asset standpoint, investing standpoint that has more risk than other assets. But within crypto, there's an even riskier aspect to crypto. And that is, that is NFTs. So Justin, talk a little bit about where NFTs are on the risk, on the risk curve within crypto. Yeah, it's, I've, I've often told people there is, I believe that, that you cannot find a riskier asset that is still classified as an asset than NFTs. <laughs> you know, like it, it is it is further out on the risk curve. It's the riskiest thing that you can buy within the crypto space. And like like Brandon said, the crypto space itself um, is is the riskiest market you know, really in, a, in the world right now, in my opinion. So it's it's almost like if if crypto is the wild west, like nfts is the scariest part of the wild west <laughs> i guess which you it's, know it's the shoot 'em up saloon i guess where people are like go, falling yeah. out of the second story windows at least on the video game that's how it happened <laughs> nfts are the apple dumpling gang uh if you've ever seen that movie that's uh, i have not it's a great way to describe it um but yeah so it's 
I, I always lead with that because it's really important for people just to realize like when you're buying an NFT, you're not, you're not buying Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, it, it is a completely different ball game and it's not just because it has a different name or, you know, it's a slightly, it's, it's, it's slightly different in the aspect of, oh, it's non-fungible versus a fungible token that has nothing to do with it. Um, a lot of it has to do with, um, really just the way the supply and the demand works. And I think we'll get into that in a minute, but, um, the, the way that NFTs are traded, um, the way the markets work, it just makes it a lot more, a lot more risky. And the fact that it is very new, uh, and oftentimes in crypto, when you have, um, a new space explode, like decentralized finance did, um, you know, a few years ago, and like NFTs are doing right now, you have a lot of bad people that try to take advantage of that explosive growth. Um, and you know, there's a lot of projects that are called, you know, like we call them rugs where it's just, you get rugged, you know, the rug comes out from underneath you and it was a scam. Um, so the high concentration of scams within new crypto space also, it's just ag, it adds to that risk. Um, a lot. Yeah. So, so you mentioned wild, wild west. Um, several things I want to point out there, you know, that we wanted to give, give voice to is, you know, we've talked in the past, like, you know, what is the wild, wild west of crypto previous to NFTs? It's these really, really, really small market cap coins that maybe don't really do anything or it's a meme coin, a dog coin. It's a, it's a project where you can send currency around that has, you know, it's advertised with a dog on it, right? And you're like, well, it's really not a whole lot of anything. It's a, a legitimate blockchain project, but it gets like all this excitement. And so it's one of those things where with dog coins, with, with Doge, with Shiba, um, Samo, whatever, it's like, it, you know, if you, if you bought Dogecoin at 50 cents, and we're expecting uh, the Elon Musk uh, SNL episode back in, I think it was May, to like rocket that thing to $3 like people on TikTok were talking about, which don't get me started on that. But, um, you know, you uh, you woke up to, you know, a very different reality, right? Where people sold the event. That wasn't the thing that was going to make the rocket ship take off. And now you're like, shoot, I'm down, you know, I'm down 50% or 80% or whatever it is. Um the point is, it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a risky game. It's a risky business. Um, so you know, you know what you're buying. Understand the risk. Um, it, it's sort of like the gold rush. And if you were one of the first people out there, maybe you had good prospects of finding something. And certainly, a lot of people found, or sorry, some people found a lot of gold. Um, but largely, you know, a few people found a lot of gold and a lot of people probably found a lot of nothing. Now, they also, there was real estate out there, you know, so there, there was a lot to be had. It just probably wasn't, wasn't gold. And I think NFTs is kind of the same space. You hear some of the wild stories like, oh my goodness, Jimmy Fallon bought a bored ape for the equivalent of 200 or $250,000. Like, oh man, what if I would have, you know, bought that at, you know, 10 bucks and sold it to him for 250000 those are outlier scenarios, right? Like those are not going to be probably repeated, but there there are opportunities. Um, but you can use NFTs without sort of a get rich quick mentality, which, as you know, if you've listened to these episodes, we we reject and don't don't follow that. Justin, you've you've done a really good job, um, even even helping me understand this. So I want to give you the mic and give you the opportunity. 
there's something different. I said that NFTs are like trading altcoins or meme coins. There's something very different about NFTs to trading digital tokens, and that's the illiquidity. The illiquidity. Yep. Explain more on that. Yeah, so the way um, the way the buying and selling works on on these collections is like the liquidity can shift to supply and demand in an instant. <clears throat> so I'll give you an example. Um, on the Solantis C collection that we've talked about a few times, uh, there was a moment uh, a few weeks ago where out of the middle of nowhere, these, these you know, little JPEGs uh, that are like little characters of, of different um, uh, heroes and archers and wizards, they started selling like crazy. And it was literally, I think it was like three a minute, basically. And they just, they kept selling. And so there was a huge shock of demand into that market. And it basically, you don't know when that's going to stop, but it's going to eventually stop. And the crazy thing was, it actually stopped right at, I think I actually had the last NFT. I decided to list one for sale. And it was the last one in that group that sold. And then it didn't, nothing sold for six hours. So it works in the opposite direction as well. Like I could wake up the next morning and there are literally just no buyers. Like no one wants to buy these things. So the liquidity, the liquidity on these NFT projects is much smaller than like you go into, you know, a, a Bitcoin or Ethereum where there's just, there's billions of dollars that's being traded each day. Um, and yeah, so that, that difference of kind of like how the supply and demand shock can happen so quickly makes it extremely volatile. Um, I think that's the big, that's the big thing is if no one wants to buy your NFT, no one will. Right. And in order to sell that thing, you just have to keep dropping the price and sometimes very dramatically. So you can have, you know, a situation where overnight, uh, I was actually, there was a small project. Here's a good example. I was a small project that I was in on and it actually ended up being a rug. Um, so and anybody that was on the project essentially lost their money. Luckily I didn't have, I didn't have much wrapped up in there, but what happened was in, in the, in the instant, literally 30 minute window, the price went from, let's say like a thousand dollars per NFT down to like $10 per NFT in a 30 minute window. Um, so that's how quickly the, the market moves. And if you get caught on the wrong end of that, it can just be a very dangerous spot um, to be in. So obviously there's a lot of things that you can do to protect yourself against, you know, being in that position, but it's important to at least understand, oh, there's a supply dynamic here that if you're used to traditional trading in crypto, you have to be, you know, thinking about how NFTs are different because uh, otherwise you'll wake up one morning and you might be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> not to, I don't want to pick on the Beanie Baby thing, but but from a Beanie Baby aspect, we've talked about that before, you know, Beanie Babies are very different than trading stock. It's like you said, on exchange, exchanges bring sellers and buyers together, and yep. exchange has liquidity, which means it has buying and selling going on. You know, with Beanie Babies, you woke up one day over a matter of, you know, months or years or whatever, and it's like, all of a sudden, 
it's not like, oh, the thing you thought you could sell for $50, you could only sell for 30 No, you woke up and it's like, no, the thing you bought for 30 there's like no one wants to buy it at all. Like no yeah. one is buying Beanie Babies other than the fact of they'll pay $2 for it at a yard sale to just give to their, you know, their two-year-old, right? And that's what, that's a really yeah. good, uh, that's a really good thing, Justin, to explain is just the fact that Prices don't simply go down, the buyers disappear, right, as people move from yeah. one project to another. So again, one thing I do want to say is there are scams and there are rugs, but it's a little, it's a little different. I want to point out one thing why. Even, Justin, for some of the projects, I'll use the term, they were misrepresented. They were represented to be this really big thing, and there's going to be all the, these plans, and if you buy this, you're going to have access to that. Those were either uh, unfortunate promises or lies. However, what we paid for, we did get. We, we paid for a piece of art recorded on the public blockchain, and we got that. You know, so I, I, I want to I specify, it's not like we paid for, um, we thought we were, I don't know the right thing. We thought we were paying for a cup of coffee, and we got a cup of water. Like, we, we got the cup of coffee. It just turns out that, yeah. like, all the things that were told about the cup of coffee turned out to not be, you know, to be true. Um, Anyway, so again, move forward with caution. Um, There there are scams because there are people. Anytime there are a lot of people on something, like you said, there are going to be scams. But, you know, not everything is a scam. What I would always say is, you know, know who you're buying from. One thing that's great about these these Web3 communities, one thing that's great about building online is there tends to be just a lot of content and even a lot of people talking about a project. So it's like if you can't find someone you trust talking about a project, I would just say, yeah, proceed with a lot of caution. Um, but if you find somebody you trust that's talking about a project and there's a lot of people talking about it, um, again, you can fake that, but you get the point. The more the more the more things you add up there, the less likely something is to be uh, a scam or misrepresented. I think I think you understand. So, Justin, let's talk through some of the mechanics of buying an NFT and what goes into that. There are a few. If you've used Coinbase or you've bought um, crypto off of some of these sort of U.S. based exchanges, buying an NFT is a little bit different, right? Now you can actually, I think, buy an NFT on Coinbase. You can buy an NFT on on FTX, and they're just sort of stored in your exchange wallet. I believe I've not used those platforms yet. But if someone was going to buy off of OpenSea or Magic Eden, which is a Solana exchange, what tool set would they need, and how exactly does that work? Yeah, so right now the two major um, there's two major blockchains that all the NFTs are being um, traded on, and there, there's other blockchains as well. But the main two are Ethereum and Solana. So um, in order to actually buy NFTs that are that are being traded on Solana and Ethereum, you have to have a web what's called a web wallet. So the, the primary Ethereum web wallet is called MetaMask. And then um, the primary Solana wallet is called Phantom. And there's other wallets that you can use, but those are the, those are the big ones. So um, the way the trading works is there's, there's essentially these marketplaces where you, you just connect your wallet to. So let's say I've got a MetaMask um, wallet and it's a it's a web, it's like a, a Chrome extension that I have on my browser and I've got 
let's say two Ethereum in there, I can connect that to OpenSea, which is the main Ethereum marketplace, um, and then run that transaction, right? And you just, whatever, you go to the NFT that you wanna buy and you click buy and you process that transaction through your web wallet. It works the same way on Solana. Um, Solana is just, uh, it's a lot faster and it's a lot cheaper and I like it more. Uh, just a little plug there for Solana, I had to do it that. It sounds like you're saying that Solana is better than Ethereum. Is that what you're saying? I am saying that it is a better buying experience for NFTs, that's for sure. <laughs> But they are used for different things. So Ethereum has its place. Absolutely. Um, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how the mechanics work, right? You get a web wallet um, and you can send money to that web wallet from something like Coinbase where you actually buy the cryptocurrency. And then once you've got the crypto in your web wallet, you can go ahead and buy the NFTs. There, that is, It does feel complicated and that is a bigger barrier to entry, especially if you're not experienced with crypto. Um, but as the space evolves, like we're already seeing, um, Coinbase, uh, is selling NFTs The basically the major exchanges, crypto exchanges like Coinbase, Gemini, um, and there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of crypto.com. Uh, there's a bunch of them. They have identified, okay, this NFT thing, this is a huge deal. This is, it's actually the first, um, you could argue it's the first wave of mainstream adoption on like an application layer for crypto. Uh, and a lot of this stuff, um, it's getting to the point where it's so easy to buy like NFL moments, you know, you just go to their website and you can buy with your debit card. Right. And they have, you know, their account, you don't even need, um, to set up the web wallet and stuff like that. Like they do it all there for you kind of in the background, which is a pretty cool experience. Um, but yeah, over, over the last year, it's gotten a lot easier and that's just going to continue to get easier and easier to the point where, you know, someday you're not even going to recognize that you're using a web wallet. It's just going to feel like, it's just going to feel like an app on your phone. Right. Yeah. That experience of buying, I mentioned in episode one of buying that 3d gold digital ticket for that Duke game for coach K's last home game. You know, in that scenario, I didn't have to upload cryptocurrency to a wallet I didn't have to connect the wallet or sign up for a wallet. Everything happened right there on the platform as if I was buying a physical good that they would ship to me. Um, I will say, that, I will say that there is this aspect of sort of ownership. One thing I would, I would want you to clear before you um, or confirm before you buy. And I actually, I did this and hopefully they told me the truth. Um, you want to make sure you are able to transfer the, the NFT, transfer that digital asset away from that platform. Uh, the last thing you would want is to, to quote unquote own something or buy something and you, you have to leave it on their platform forever because now you don't, you own it, but you're not the custodian. You don't really, you don't really have access to it. And that's, that's a bad scenario. So um, I was assured that this is actually on the Polygon blockchain I was I was assured that I'd be able to transfer that to a, a Polygon wallet or whatever. But make sure that you have the ability to transfer it other places. That's almost a way to prove that you, in fact, can own it and manage it and be kind of its custodian and, and do with it what you want, which if you can't, why would you buy it in the first place, right? Um, you want to be able to make sure you have access to it. 
Okay, so getting to, I think, what is the, uh, at least for us, hopefully for you as well, the exciting portion of this episode is innovation. Um, innovation is really why we talk about blockchain. Uh, it's what we're excited about. Um, it's the future that we envision uh, of, of just increasing digitization across really the entire world, our, our, our life, um, and really all spaces. In the same way that, you know, our phones have transformed every interaction, blockchain is going to do that. And we think actually NFTs is a part of that as well. So, Justin, uh, I'm going to kind of open this up. I know there's a couple things we both want to get to here, but what's the future for NFTs? What When you think about the future, what scenarios do you envision? And maybe they're somewhat far-fetched or maybe they're really not far-fetched at all. Yeah, so... I mean, the reality is everything is going digital. I don't think you could find people on the planet that would disagree with that statement, right? It doesn't matter what generation you're talking to. Everybody understands everything is going digital. So NFTs is basically an example of how that's playing out. So right now, like so far, we've been talking about these little art collections and stuff like that. That's really the first use case for NFTs. And it's there's a lot of reasons for that, but one of them is primarily because it's so simple, right? Like, you know, it's it's simple to create an art collection and sell that on the blockchain versus, you know, some of the other applications that are coming in the future. They're going to need layers of regulation and more innovation built, you know, built out for them to become mainstream. So um, one of the big applications I'm most excited about is like NFTs are it, it's your car title. It's the deed to your home, uh, your birth certificate, social security, you know, tracking, stuff like that. Like anything that is um, a, a physical document in your life, marriage license would be another good example. Those are all going to be digitalized in the future. And that's going to be through NFTs. Like those are examples of, of non-fungible tokens. So um, that, but like I said, there's layers of, of you know technology and regulation that need to be built out there it's not like it's not like you're going to be able to in in one year go from you know nfts not even existing to oh yeah all of our mortgages now are or our deeds to our homes sorry are are documented on the blockchain right so that's just going to take time um but ultimately that's where nfts are going or at least that's that's one example of where they're going yeah, and again, th this helps us, I think, remember that an, an NFT is not a piece of art, right? And a piece of, like a, an artist uses the technology of NFT to create a token and then distribute the token across, you know, the blockchain, across across the web. Uh, an NFT is is really a digital token. To, I mean, I would even go so far as to say that, yeah, anything that you can digitize. Anything that has been digitized, so in other words, digitized meaning take a paper document and it's now a PDF. That document has been digitized. All of that yeah. stuff eventually will be an NFT. And what that simply means, think of it as, oh, like this PDF is now verifiable on the blockchain and I don't, this is, this is significant. Actually, I don't need an attorney. I don't need a bank to verify that this is authentic. So, uh, Justin, to expand your point, I mean, imagine a scenario, and th this 
This will happen. Okay, you can quote me on this. You will buy a home, and the entire transaction is going to run through Ethereum. It's going to run through Solana. It's going to run through AVAX, Avalanche. It's going to run through a smart contract chain. And like Justin said, um, as part of that transaction that's recorded in an immutable way on the blockchain that's fully verifiable, which stand up in court, the deed will be an NFT. And you probably have other NFTs as well, right? And and so the signature, you know, the point is the software now handles what we needed humans to handle before. Yep. Um, and again, understanding the digital world actually helps us ask better questions to understand our own world. Like, why do I have to pay all these separate people to basically ink a stamp that says I bought this home? And in the future, you're not going to need to. Um, if you're interested in more about that, go back to our case for Ethereum episode. I think we dive into that scenario and other scenarios like it a little more. Um, go ahead. I was say one thing I, uh, this is kind of silly, but you know how like we look back at the original email, like Juno.com and you'd go to check your email and it's like, you know, it takes this like 30 minute process to like download some tiny file. And hopefully someone doesn't pick up the phone right while you're doing that. <laughs> like we look back at that and we're like, how did we live through that? Like, do you remember when we had to first check email? That is how people are going to discuss the, the process of, of getting a mortgage and buying a home eventually. Like we're going to look back at that and be like, holy crap, that was dial up, right? Like, <laughs> like, so to me, like if I could paint a picture of like where it's going, that's where it's going. Like the reason it's going to be an NFT is because NFTs are going to provide um, that level of automation like you're describing. And it's going to, it is going to make crazy complex processes a lot simpler and a lot faster and cheaper. Yeah, and that's really why we're talking about NFTs today um, and from the previous episode. Personally, it doesn't really matter to me if you ever buy a piece of art, NFT, collectible. That's not really my concern. My interest here is, you know, the next time, you know, in, in 10 years or eight years or whatever, you go to buy a home and, and a, an attorney or a real estate agent starts talking about NFTs. It's not the first time you've heard about it, right? So this is really about exposure. And really, I think about seeing the future, which I think is is pretty pretty dang awesome. Um, one of the scenarios that I'm I'm really excited about, and part of it's because I'm in I'm in marketing, advertising, is um, I, I think this is going to, in the best way, like r absolutely rock the consumer industry. Anything that you buy as a person, that I buy as a person. NFTs, once it hits, it's going to take off and it will make your head spin. Here's a scenario I envision. And, and I think you'll see things like this happen all across the board. Okay. So the the Nike sort of sub-brand, you know, Jordan for, for Michael Jordan, his his brand, they release shoes every year, a few times a year. And some of them, a lot of them are are, are very expensive uh, on the on the resale market. So you know, the process is you go at Foot Locker at the mall, it, you know, imagine standing in line at a mall these days and you stand in line, you get in line in the, in the early AM and you wait until 9 AM or 10 AM for the shoe, shoe drop to open. Uh, or maybe you buy them online from Nike.com, whatever the case may be. Uh, the point is you buy a shoe, they ship you the shoe and then you can resell it and you ship, you know, ship it around the country. 
the way I see NFTs impacting that transaction is instead of Nike, Jordan brand, selling you the shoe, they're actually going to just do an NFT sale. And you will have a special edition NFT, a piece of art, an icon that you you would you would buy, and more than likely they're going to sell you know twenty five thousand of them or fifty thousand of them, and it, it might be lottery, it might be random. You might have to click like you buy tickets and get in line and wait to see if you know whatever that, that gets to your turn. But the point is, you would buy an NFT. Now, what's cool is you now own that NFT, which gives you one of our keywords access maybe status too, access to actually have those shoes. But you now have an opportunity with a potentially a a Nike secondary market where, where instead of redeeming or burning that NFT to get those shoes, you could actually just trade the NFT. No shipping, no labels, no postage, no, uh, no tracking codes. Um, it's an instant transaction and you basically sell the NFT for $2,500 instead of having to wait for the shoes to come in, yada, yada, yada. But the point is, it's like this whole new layer of industry and market opens up where people will trade these NFTs. And then the person who finally says, hey, I bought that NFT for $2,500. I really want those shoes. Nike would have a way of you redeeming or kind of the keyword there is burning, burning that token. And when you burn the token, they ship you the shoes. But you don't get the shoes unless you have the token, and the token is actually tradable as well. I think you understand the point there. For companies, distribution becomes a lot more simple and streamlined and maybe even like helps them save on just complexity of logistics if, if they're just simply able to sell tokens uh, and, and kind of handle things that way. And again, like I said, once this hits, it will explode. Uh, this is not something that's going to slowly happen over five years. It's going to be one of those slow to start, and then all of a sudden, all at once, everything will be different. Yeah, one thing I was going to—I was thinking there. It's funny. I agree with your statement. Like, it when it happens, it's going to happen quick. But I think one of the cool things that I appreciate is the last ten years of blockchain innovation has been leading up to stuff like this, right? Like, so none of this NFT stuff that you're describing right here is possible without Ethereum or without Solana or whatever, whatever chain it's on. Um, so there's so much that's kind of like gotten us to this point. And, and really like, that's why if you want to know why I'm excited about Ethereum, about Solana, Bitcoin, whatever, blockchain in general, it's because of what we're describing here, right? So like it is fast and it's going to hit really quick, but there's so much uh, foundation that's behind it that is, you know, has been being built out for the last decade or so. That's a good, that's a really good point. You know, it's sort of like if imagine going back to our dial up days where everybody sat in front of their we had a gateway 2000 computer if you remember any of those brands dell whatever and it's like the the big tower and like the big box monitor imagine someone telling you hey i think one day we're gonna be able to like call up uh individuals cars and tell them where we want to go and we'll just like they'll just take us there imagine describing yeah. uber in 1999 right to somebody that i mean it would just sound ludicrous like some alternate right. reality the point is justin you're making is without mobile technology without broadband you know over the air internet 
wireless or whatever, without those layers and those foundation points and technologies, Uber's not possible. But it's like as soon as mobile hit, everything yep. changed. And I think that's what we're describing is, yeah, yep. it's little by little, little by little, and then all of a sudden it's all at once. And, and again, get ahead, learn, understand. These are building blocks for the future of the digitization of, of life. Um, another another thing, uh, you mentioned the V, uh, Gary V in his conference. Yeah, he started a conference called V Conference. So Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V is what he's called. Um, he is a, he's gosh, he's got a lot of things going on. <laughs> he started a media company and agency. Uh, he also is an early investor in a number of companies like Facebook and Uber, et cetera. Um, but he also runs this conference for you know a lot of these interests called V Conference. And basically, I believe the only way that you got access to this conference, some real, really big name speakers, is you had to buy these NFTs. And you get to keep the NFT, right? Or, or maybe you had to burn them. I don't remember. But the point is, the only way you got into the conference was was through the NFTs. Um, and if you had an NFT, it gives you access to not only the conference, but but a lot of other things within his platform. And again, that is that is the future. That's what we're going to see. Um, you're going to see sort of collectives form where, you know, um, trying to think of a good example, you know, think of, of how, you know, Amazon buys Whole Foods, you know, they acquired them and now your Amazon Prime gets you discounts at Whole Foods, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, you know, you can buy from Whole Foods through your Amazon Prime checking account, checkout. Uh, that's going to happen with these, uh, with these digital partnerships, right? Where if you own this NFT, it gives you access over here and now, you know, you get 50% off of this conference if you're, you get the point. Um... Justin, we talked about the, the gaming NFTs where people have to own one of the, the gaming assets um, potentially to play, to get access to the game. Any additional thoughts or ideas to expound upon there with, with games kind of under this this idea of innovation? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of different like things we can talk about in gaming. One of them that we haven't mentioned yet is um, a concept called play to earn. So, you know, on on the blockchain you know, you can you can develop a game like that's connected to Solana, right? And let's say you have an NFT character and you're playing the game. Um, the cool thing about blockchain gaming is, well, let's say you unlock new levels, like you beat this, you know, really difficult boss. Well, maybe you win, you know, some sort of like loot chest or something like that, right? And it's in in the loot in the loot chest, it's got whatever, $15 of some token that you can actually use in the game to buy better weapons. Um, or maybe in the in the chest, it actually has better weapons. But the cool thing about this experience and in this gaming is it's actually a real economy, right? Like it's not just, it's not just a, a video game. Like, you know, I used to play um, the NCAA football game where I was, I was a character that like played in high school and then I got recruited to go play at Ohio State. And then I, I was able to play the game and experience it that way. And I mean, it was still fun and, and it was imaginary. And blockchain is very similar to that. But in blockchain, I can actually own the assets in the game. I own the character. That, that's my property. Um, and it actually has a real economic uh, value, right? So it's it's like taking you know, 
these old gaming concepts and actually turning it into something that is more real. I don't, it's hard to describe, um, but I think you get what I'm saying there. It's like the ownership mentality with blockchain gaming is very, very different than all the games that we're used to playing. So I think that um, there's a lot of people, um, there's a lot of bigger gaming brands that have, you know, like EA Sports, um, they've identified, hey, you know, this Web3, this blockchain gaming concept, this stuff is real and it's, you know, it's going to play a very important part in the future of gaming. So, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, there's, you know, there's a game, Justin, that you and I are both involved in. Uh, and it, it's, it's unique, sort of a first mover situation where um, it, it's sort of this, this slow play out, slow roll, uh, sort of ever unfolding game theory experience where um, you have to have, uh, basically there's, there's like four or five different kinds of tokens you can buy, these, these, these NFTs. And, and again, like you said, it's kind of a closed system and there's a token you can earn, but that token, the more people that buy it, you can actually swap that token for USD. You can swap that token for Ethereum, right? And so, um, I mean, this stuff is, it's weird saying this stuff is real because in one sense it's all software. But, but the point is, <laughs> instead of spending hours and hours and hours playing Monopoly and at the end of the game, you pack it all up and put it back in the box, you know, and you have, you know, it's fun, you're, but you're three or four hours, you know, you don't get, you don't get any, any real world thing for that. And these play to earn games, not only are they fun and not only can you play with friends across the world and across the country and, and whatever, um, and, and have separate experiences that overlap, but, but yeah, you're earning like actual digital tokens that have actual value on exchanges. I mean, it's a, um, this is really gaming on a, on an entirely different level. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So the other side of that, let's say the other side of that is, um, I think another area that really explodes pretty soon uh, from this gaming stuff is mobile gaming, you know, like the little, the little, um, stuff like candy crush saga and stuff like that. Um, like a lot of the mobile games are going to be built on top of blockchain where, Hey, you unlock the first thousand levels of candy crush saga or whatever, like, or every level you unlock, you, you know, you're accruing these little tokens that you can use to sell or whatever. So that's another small example, but, um, Gaming isn't just these big games that, you know, like heavy gamers play on, you know, really complex, whatever <laughs> computers, it can be something as simple as a Candy Crush Saga on your phone. Right. And so when we say gaming, it's, it's all encompassing. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about gaming, um, is that's one of the avenues where we have interest in investing and sort of being involved in, 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 in NFTs. Um, you mentioned the play to earn stuff, but the, uh, the other side of that from an investment side is, you know, you, you can invest by owning the assets that the game requires. Now, sometimes in some, some of these games, I think this will become normal. Uh, it's almost like you're kind of like a landlord a little bit in that where these, where these tokens are like real estate. <clears throat> so if you need the token to play the game, if you need an NFT, but they're all sold out. Right, it's like moving to a city, and you want to open a, a restaurant, but there's no real estate to buy. There's no land. There are only buildings that have already been built that you can lease. 
there are uh, current economies where you can lease NFTs from the owner and you basically rent the NFT to play the game and either you pay a fee for, for renting it or you split the earnings of whatever you, you gain with the owner of that token, right? And again, that's just like, that's a that's an entirely new layer, new world. Um, but also, it, let's just say using Solana, let's say that you bought one of these NFTs when the game launched, you know, really before it had taken off and you bought it for one Solana and Solana was trading at 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 a hundred bucks. Let's use big round numbers here. So you 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 invested a hundred dollars in this game. I mean, you know, buying an Xbox game is sixty bucks. Plus, you have to have the system. If you play online, you have to have an online pass. So buying buying a, a gaming token that gives you access to a game in, in an environment for one Solana for a hundred bucks is really not that different of a level of value. But let's say this game takes off and CNBC starts talking about it. And uh, your favorite athlete mentioned this, this game on Twitter. And now these 10,000 tokens that you have to have to play the game, you have to own one of them. Now there's 50,000 people or 80,000 people or 100,000 people that want to play this game that are all vying for those tokens. Now, maybe you had two tokens and you sold one of them for 10 Solana. But instead of Solana trading at $100, Let's say it's two years down the road and Solana's, or three years, and Solana's trading at, at $500. So essentially, that, that $100 USD investment, you could actually return $5,000 of USD investment. And there's a lot of variables there, right? Like those aren't promises or whatever. I'm just saying there's a lot of layers here from an investment standpoint. And if you find a situation, those are the kind of things Justin and I are interested. That's why we're engaging in this space. It's not simply yep. to buy digital art. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So we talked about risk again. You know, guys, just know what you're getting into. Uh, look before you leap. Uh, you know, if you're in our Discord, uh, our, our membership program, reach out, ask us. We'll, we'll, you know, look at something, validate it, answer any questions you have um, in our in our Blazing Crypto uh, Discord. Uh, but just again, be careful if you have a, a web wallet. You know, and you connect your web wallet to a website to buy an NFT, you know, know what you're doing. Don't connect to sites you don't trust. It's kind of like entering your credit card information on a, on a brand new site that's offering some amazing deal. Just, if you will, buy from people that you, uh, that you trust. Justin, uh, to kind of close us out here, um, and probably we'll have to give a brief version of this. We could probably have an entire episode about this. When you look at NFTs, there are hundreds and thousands of these projects. In, in, in a point or two, what makes a project attractive to you on the front end? Yeah, so I think the one of the big things is I want it to look unique. I, I want the actual art to be attractive. Um, so that's that's one of the big things. And that's actually, that can be hard to find, believe it or not. <laughs> Some of this stuff looks really, really rough. Um, but... Yeah, that's a big thing. Another thing that I do is I really appreciate brand association. So like, like for example, the NFL, you know, making NFL moments and that NFT collection. I like that because it not only does it bring two things that I love, it brings the NFL and crypto and kind of like merges it into one world. But like the NFL isn't out to like rug all of us, right? Like that is a... I would consider that that is a safer play from like a, 
you should feel a little bit more secure buying an NFL moment um, because that's the NFL's project. It's not some sketchy developer in, you know, Antarctica. Um, so yeah, brand association is a big deal to me. So I understand the crypto space well, and I can kind of navigate that and say, okay, these are the brands I trust, or these are the projects I trust. Uh, and then, you know, projects that they're associated with, uh, it's, that, that's helpful for me just with kind of knowing what I want to, what I want to buy and what I don't want to buy. But another one would be uh, utility. Uh, which we talked a little bit about, like, what does this thing get me? Right. So I'm on a project that, um, I own a, a number of these profile picks and every time one of them sells on the market from that collection, I get a portion of those, that sale price. Uh, and it's basically paid to my wallet automatically in royalties. So like things like that, that's utility and like, yeah, okay. I'm interested in owning that um, parts of that collection because I'm going to earn passive, you know, Solana over uh, every week over the next, you know, however long I hold it. Right. And again, I think one thing I wanted to clarify, uh, you know, we're, you're talking about basically trusting brands from like, uh, I'm getting what I'm paying for. Like I'm, what I'm being sort of promised. I actually get that. Obviously, that's no guarantee that you'll be able to sell what you bought for more money, right? In the sense of when you when you bought a pack of cards, you got the pack of cards, right? If it said there were eight cards in the pack, there were eight cards in the pack. But obviously, yeah. from an investment side, I mean, I would say we operate off of the assumption that everything we buy, it's a very real scenario in the range of outcomes that you may never, ever be able to sell that, right? That's at least right. we're not we're not hoping for that, but that is a very, very viable outcome. So again, I'm a big fan of the concept of asymmetry. I like buying things as close to zero as possible, as close to free as possible. You know, I'll spend yeah. thirty or forty bucks on nearly you know anything, if you will. Um, I don't want to go spend ten Solana on something that just like has this massively wide range of outcomes that could be worth zero because I would value my ten Solana. Um, but again, yeah. every everybody needs to make their own informed investment financial decisions. Um, and don't just take our word for something and run out and do something crazy. Uh, last point I wanted to mention is, and I alluded to this earlier in episode one, there is a V Friends, so V-E-E Friends, V Friends NFT 101 education resource. I think they recorded like 10 videos. It's kind of a, uh, more of a, um, like a kind of a walkthrough class. It's not super polished, uh, but I think it's a really helpful resource. It's free. Um, and we'll link that in the show notes uh, for both episodes in case you guys just want to dive in further, talk, see specific projects. Personally, I really like what Gary V is doing. Uh, Gary V is an operator that I trust. He's building for the long term. Um, he, you know, his name means a lot more to him than an NFT would. So um, he's somebody that I trust in the space, and you know that I that we both pay attention to. So, Justin, any any parting shots or final points to make for NFTs before we uh, send this one home? Yeah, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but um, well, first of all, NFTs aren't for everyone. So like, don't feel the pressure to like have to get it on NFTs to be a part of the future. I think the cool thing is you can capitalize on the success of NFTs by simply buying Ethereum or Solana or AVAX. Like in a sense, you have exposure to the upside of NFTs um, because 
in in this world of crypto, the the scenario is very unlikely where NFTs absolutely explode, and we don't see that reflected in more adoption for Ethereum, Solana, like the base layer blockchains that this technology is built on top of. Um, so, yeah, I would just say like try not to like don't feel like you have to have FOMO to be part of it. Um, you can get exposure by buying some Ethereum, buying some Solana. And I think that's another way to like look at the market and kind of place your bets accordingly, but also limit some of the risk. Yeah, that's actually a fantastic point. We had not planned that point in our show notes. I think Sorry. that's fantastic. No, 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 no. Like that's fantastic. Like going back to the gold rush analogy, um, there were people that, that when they realized people were going West and there was this massive demand for gold, they're like, I'm not going, I'm good. But what they decided to do is they decided that everybody going west needed a shovel. And so there were legitimately, there were businesses that started to manufacture and produce the equipment that these gold gold rush people would need. And so they invested in a business by selling those people shovels. And that's a really good idea. It's very industrious and innovative. And I think your point there is well taken. If you, if you think NFTs is the future and you really don't care to dig through projects and, 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 and accept that risk, yeah, getting access to layer one smart contract chains like Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche, AVAX, uh, that's a really great way to, uh, to get access to that. That's a really good point. We'll close on that. Uh, those are our two episodes on NFTs. Definitely going to talk about NFTs more in the future, but hopefully that was uh, educational. Uh, entertaining at some degree hopefully you'll find something there that you can take and explore further really for your own development and learning so for justin i'm brandon thank you guys for listening and as always we'll see you next time for more information check out our website at blazingcrypto.io additionally if you have friends that are new to crypto share our trailhead videos from our website which is a great way to get introduced to crypto